This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Right now that time, 8.20. Good morning. You're tuned in to WGNS on this Tuesday morning. And with us this morning, we have folks from the Rutherford County Library System. The, always mess this up. The Lion Ball <laughs> Library Rutherford, System. No, the Rutherford County. Rutherford County Library System. Come on, Scott. You, you know why I messed it up? I'm so used to Lion Ball. I know. I was born with Lion Ball. I know. And Lion Ball's still there. It is. It's, it's, part it's right of, next to it's us. It's part of what? Scott. The Rutherford County Library System. There you system. go. You Man, got it. I, I win anything this morning? That's... <laughs> Banana pudding from Slick Pig. <laughs> that sounds good. You made me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Director Rita Shacklett with us and also Lance Lee from the Lineball Library Foundation Board. So how are both of y'all doing? We're doing great. Well, I'm doing great. How are you, Lance? Uh, good morning to all. <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. And uh, Scott, I don't want you to feel too bad because uh, we just changed our name as far as the foundation oh, no. from the line ball to the Rutherford County. We're still dealing with the IRS, but uh, don't feel too bad this morning. I, I'm really going to mess up everything. <laughs> this is a quiz show this morning. It is. So what's what's new at the Rutherford County Library System. Oh, we have all kinds of things going. There's quest kits out there, and and uh, each of our branches are doing uh, different things. So check out our website at rclstn.org to find out what events are taking place. Um, I will uh, remind people that um, the mask mandate is has been lifted uh, as of midnight Sunday night. Um, we are requesting. Um, that people coming into our facilities um, try to be as responsible as possible and wear a mask. Uh, we strongly recommend it, but we're not requiring it since there is no mandate now. Um, our staff will still be masked. Um, if you have some health issues and stuff, Lineball still has uh, the curbside service, as does Smyrna. Um, so we have other ways of getting things to you. Um, Bookmobile is kind of revamping their schedules and looking at some of the stops that we had done previously that had to close to us temporarily due to the pandemic. So um, best just to check our website and see what's going on. Now, there was a cool event that was scheduled. I, I guess it was right around the ice storm time. So I don't know if it was still held or not, but the uh, mars lunar landing you're going to have a guest speaker a lot of it was going to be via zoom i think right. or either on youtube how did all that turn out i think it went well i think uh, because it was online they were still able to do it um, i was not able to participate in that so i haven't heard the latest details but to me those kinds of things and that's that's a lot of the stuff that the tech likes to do um to get those unique things out there to people so. there's a lot of cool little gems that i guess take place within the library system that some folks don't know about they haven't heard about but there's a lot of neat stuff like that you've yes. got guest speakers that come in uh, you know i do other library systems do all these little unique things well, I'd, I'd love to say no, that we're the only ones, but that's not true. And, and we libraries, public, public libraries especially, are really good about sharing ideas. And so we have a listserv throughout the state, and people are always sharing ideas and things. Um, we like to think that because we have everything from small rural branches to larger um, 
downtown libraries that we can take programming and scale it up or down so it could be used anywhere. So the quest kits that the youth services have been doing has been really popular. They started those last summer. Uh, they're working on summer programming already for the uh, summer reading. Um, there have been some real pluses with the pandemic because these uh, online recorded uh, and, and live events via Zoom and other things have allowed people to participate in things that they might not otherwise be able to do or go back and watch something. I, we've had recorded story times. We've had the Mars uh, thing. We've had a lot of our book groups are um, meeting via Zoom. So I, I think a lot of businesses and nonprofits were kind of forced to change yeah. things really fast because of COVID, which in some cases it did turn out good. It, it did. Um, one of the things that I think is, is um, fun that our MGL branch has done, and they've created with Patterson Park in partnership um, what they call the steam room that's next door to the library, and they, they share in that. But they started their first movie club. Not there, though. I mean, you don't go there to watch the movie, right? You don't. And they, I think they did their first meeting by Zoom last week. Um, what they do is you watch a movie ahead of time, and then you discuss it. And what they've done is taken the Rotten Tomatoes top 100 um, movies and gone by each category. So the first one was, I think, Action and Adventure, and they picked a, I think it was a Mad Max movie. <laughs> oh, that's that's going back to the 80s. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they talked about it, and it was they said it was quite interesting, and so the next one is going to be animation, but they're going to go through each category and pick something that you watch ahead of time and discuss it just like you would a book. So I thought that was kind of a cool idea. You know, it seems like it wasn't too long ago that really the – only things you heard about from libraries all across the country were book clubs and, uh, you know, authors coming in to read to right. kids or authors coming in to talk to adults about the book they wrote. But now, because of the Internet, it's added so many new things. It has. And, and most people are very gracious and let us record and put it on our YouTube channel. Uh, we have a writer's group that meets at Lime Ball. So if you like to write, that's a that's another opportunity. Uh, Limeball hosts a local author every month. Um, and so they've started that back. You can come in and meet a local author and purchase books and get them signed or just chat. And uh, so that's been really cool to get that back up and running. It seems like everybody I talk to, at least at some point in life, they tell me, yeah, I really wanted to write a book one day, or I want to write a book one mm -hmm. day. There's so many people who have that thought or dream or a passion for it. They just don't know how to get started. Right. So these writer clubs, you know, meetings, if you would, it's got to help people out who are thinking about putting together a book. Right, because, you know, where do you start? And now with self-publishing and all of that, it's, you know, things you don't just go get an agent anymore, but you want it to be marketable. So, And, and you know, I, I guess... You could stand to make more money if you're selling your own books by printing them yourself or having somebody print them as opposed to going through a publisher. Right, and print on demand. So you're not printing a whole bunch, having a whole pan to have a lot printed up, and then maybe you can't get rid of them. That, that would be <laughs> You know, sad. that would be bad. 
<laughs> so again, we're talking about the Rutherford County Library System this morning. Director Rita Shacklett with us, and Lance Lee from the Rutherford County Library Foundation Board. Ooh, that's that's we a lot got to it. get out. Did I say it all right? You, you did. did. Excellent, Scott. <laughs> so, Lance, what do you do on the board? Well. Well, basically at the... Uh, Show up at the radio station. <laughs> hey, at the present time, we are in full speed mode in regards to uh, a fundraising event. And just to give you a little history on that, uh, when I became the chair of the foundation uh, about two and a half years ago, Rita and I had set out several goals that we wanted to uh, succeed at. Uh, we've had a wonderful foundation in the past uh, as far as getting involved with the Technology Engagement Center, Rita. Uh, we sponsored basically the first three years uh, of the uh, of the overhead, correct, Rita? Some of it, yes. Some of it. of it. And we committed to that, and that was kind of our first big task, and we kind of were rolling out of that. It's a wonderful facility. Um, and right now what we're trying to do is get in, re- in front of the public a lot more in regards to our name. Uh, as we all just discussed, changing from Lineball to uh, Rutherford County, which we have done in the, in the last year. But we have really wanted to uh, have a major fundraiser, Scott, in regards to the community. Uh, that has been established. Unfortunately, to COVID last year, we had to postpone. Uh, so we've really been involved with this, I'd say, two years. Wouldn't you agree, Rita? Mm-hmm. Hard-pressed trying to get this going. Uh, and we are very excited uh, and just ecstatic uh, with the response we've already had. We have an event planned for May the 1st. Uh, that will be on a Saturday evening uh, this year. Uh, it's called A Lively Evening on Main. Uh, we've got several activities going on. It's going to take place uh, basically at 746 East Main Street here in Murfreesboro. Uh, Jonathan Harmon owns that home, and he's been gracious enough to give us in-kind donation. Uh, so Jonathan Harmon Home Teams and Jonathan Harmon are going to be helping us out with that as far as where the event takes place. Um, and we, that's where the name came from because yes, it was the old lively home who was yes. oh, interesting. lively okay. was a photographer here in town in murfreesboro and, and that I, was his home so i'm trying to think where the, the 700 block of east main is that closer to it's across central, from central or right across it's, it's basically central, right yeah. across the street almost okay mm-hmm. is that the house with the real pretty trees in the front yard it's, it's it does and it has a, a white arch kind of thing over the yes, front porch yes. yeah and uh, part of our Uh, part of the event was when we sent out our save the date cards in february we actually have tagged that front entrance because of the store uh, presence it has and uh, so you're going to see that on different things on our activities so kind of join that together rita's holding it up to the microphone (laughs) yes yes Uh, so we're very very excited Uh, we originally scott last year we're going to have a uh, children's time uh, the same day activities for the children basically from two to four then the adult activities that evening were going to be from six to ten unfortunately we've had to gear that back just because of covid we are not going to have the children's activities from two to four but we still want to tag on that because in the future that's going to be a main focus of the foundation is is as this event moves forward hopefully every year we're still going to eventually have a children's time in the afternoon and then an adult activity in the evening. Now we are planning uh, a pre-taped session, so we're still are going to have something for the children to tag along with the event. Just going to be a little different this re- this year in regards to every, all of our circumstances. So, how is everything going at the library or the different branches as far as people coming in? How are you dealing with all of that? You know, towards this end period of the pandemic. Well, we're still trying to be very careful, obviously, uh, wearing masks and gloves and things like that. And and we've got the sneeze guards up and and those hopefully 
you know by midsummer we'll come down and you know some staff may still feel more comfortable wearing a mask but as the as more people get vaccinated and and numbers start dropping more um but the public has been really really good um we actually use a uvc light on our book return our materials return um every day uh, before staff actually handle them uh, we can we periodically will run those uvc lights in different areas of the library and each library has that we disinfect keyboards so you have to go to a desk to pick up a disinfected keyboard and mouse um, before you can use a computer so we've you know we have extra cleaning done every evening so there's just you know staff has worked really hard to keep things safe for the public as well as for themselves so lance with this upcoming fundraiser what are some things that you're wanting to accomplish at the different branches are there any specific goals that you have released yet or anything like that well basically what we have done the uh the foundation has decided this year the proceeds are going to be going to the uh, eagleville bicentennial library in eagleville uh, obviously we've got several branches across the county uh, but we feel like at this time uh, eagleville needs the most help just due to uh, the population and the growth out there and the size of the facility. So uh, our, our goal this year is, is and when you do fundraisers, obviously the first thing people wanna ask is where is, where is the money's going? And so we wanted to be very specific so people understood. And in regards to Eagleville, as I've went around to several businesses and as far as getting sponsorships, which I wanna go ahead and give four tag outs, obviously while I'm here, <laughs> to our four core sponsors. We've already mentioned uh, Jonathan Harmon Home Teams, Middle Tennessee Electric, Smyrna Reading Mix and Atmos Energy. Uh, they are four main core sponsors and have really uh, been helpful with making this uh, making this happen as far as sponsorship. So we want to thank them again uh, for what they're doing for us. And for those who don't know, the Eagleville Library is almost directly across from Eagleville High School. Been there for a number of years, but uh, you know it, it is quite small. Mm -hmm. So I, I could see where some changes may need to be made but you oh, also have outgrown it <laughs> yes already <laughs> and y'all y'all rotate books from that library with for example uh the library here downtown murphy's bro i mean you you will trade things out right mm -hmm. the population in eagleville now that's what's interesting <laughs> last i read yes. it was 770 people but that would have been i guess a census a few years back that's probably not real up to date <clears throat> but they have gotten new neighborhoods out there which is wild that eagleville is growing the way it is because yeah. it is growing so i wonder what it's going to be like say five ten years from now well it, i think explode. even a shorter time than that yes because um, you're seeing several new subdivisions growing up and um and we just need a new facility uh, i don't know where it's going to be and more than likely it's going to have to be a new one um but um, i heard rumors yesterday that a bank is coming to eagleville oh again which yes. they they need uh, so i haven't i'll have to do some research when i get back to the office today and you could you can never be prepared uh far enough in advance as we know everything in regards to the county just the way we're exploding but we are trying to focus on that uh in regards to being able to service the people of that community uh, and the county commissioners have several of them have relayed that to us also uh, so that we want to try to get ahead as much as we can and focus out there and at least get a little bit of money's headed their way to get started again we're talking about the library system here in rutherford county this morning so in eagleville for example you've got like we were talking about a lot of new homes being built out that direction is there a chance for maybe a local resident out there to get more involved with the library the eagleville library and i don't know 
build a new building well, for you. We can go on and tag <laughs> on, on the, as Rita has, I'm sure, talked about on the show before, is our friends groups. Uh, we have a wonderful uh, friends group out there. Uh, they've already tagged uh, several businesses to go after, so they're working very hard. And Rita can probably add a little bit to the friends groups. And, and they are just astronomical to our success. As far as I know, we've got them in Smyrna, Eagleville, different areas. Right. So maybe you want to focus on them a little bit. I, I do. Um, they're a very excited and enthusiastic group of folks that uh, have really benefited. Uh, our library out there has really benefited from their uh, community involvement and getting involved with the library. But like you said, Scott, you know, if there's people out there that have property, uh, anything, I mean, we're... <laughs> We will name a library after you <laughs> or whoever you want. Um, but, no, we're always looking. And this is part of the reason for the foundation is so that we can handle things like land donations and building branch buildings. And they do they do the bigger uh, things than our, um, our friends do smaller. And I hate to say smaller because they're not small things, but they help us purchase things that we couldn't get out of our regular operating budget. But yes. when it comes to bricks and mortar, you know, building branches, uh, taking, um, leaving bequests, um, taking land donations, things like that, that's where the foundation comes in. Any any plans on the drawing board for a branch library in the Blackman area? Because that's another area that's growing quickly. You want to see my list? Uh-oh. <laughs> Every street in That's on my list. That's on my list. Uh, the latest I heard from the county the other day, there's like 43,000 people just in the Blackman area, and that's definitely an area we need a branch. Um, you know, again, you're talking money, and it's not that the city and the county are against putting one out there. They certainly are, and the, the county has actually marked some property that's a potential site for another branch. But you have to raise the money to build that building and that's not cheap and of course in addition to the cost of the structure and the land you've got staff that you're going to have to put exactly. in whatever location that is uh, so i'm sure that's another cost but what about teaming up with murfreesboro parks and rec so that when they build that next park there will be a small library on site uh you know i'm constantly talking to my city councilman about that <laughs> i bet i bet you know one fairly well he gets an earful a lot poor guy <laughs> <laughs> he just listens but no i will talk to anybody that will listen so uh that we're also talking with the county schools um and the, the county uh about a potential partnership using especially the high school libraries um, we're going to try to find uh, one that um, that's already built that has the right entrances and stuff because you have to watch for safety and you know access into the school and things like that but actually using uh, sharing a facility with the school system um, so that on the weekends or in the evenings um, and in the summer those buildings are sitting there empty and they're beautiful facilities and they need to be used so being able to share uh, those facilities because neither one of us have super great budgets but if we can share staffing if we can share collections we can share databases you know facilities and then we get the bugs worked out on a on an existing school because they're not all built just right but there are some that we've identified and then when when they start building new schools they build those libraries where they could be used this way if they're in an area where we think we need 
another branch. So if you did this at the start of construction for a new high school in Rutherford County, would the Rutherford County library system be that school's library or would there be a it would example. be a joint partnership probably with the county and the county schools it's but, what we're looking at now but again we've got to get one started so we kind of know what it looks like before we is this farther. being done in other cities it's been done in florida i don't know about tennessee but it has been done quite successfully in florida in the past so there are ways we can make it happen and to be able to share the the resources the staffing the facilities it's just a a cheaper way and a, and a great way to um, partner with other places and not spend as much money. The money goes a lot farther. Sounds like a good idea then. So, uh, Again, with us this morning from the Rutherford County Library System, we have Lance Lee and Rita Shacklett. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the new menu items that we have added is our Salmon Imperial. Our Salmon Imperial is a fresh cut piece of salmon with shrimp and a crab meat blend. And then we've put our Alfredo sauce on top of it. It's great for a low carb diet that you can get with spinach, but also it just has an amazing flavor with a mixture of all those flavors between the shrimp Alfredo and then our salmon. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. Come by our store, Music World and Drummer's Den. We're a full-line music instrument store with well over 5,000 square feet packed with great instruments in every category. In guitars, we're your local dealer for the two top acoustic guitar brands in the world, Martin and Taylor. We've got the best selection and prices anywhere in the state of Tennessee on these. This is Dave Kivanemi at Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro. 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Liberty. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. As a minimalist, paying less for insurance is more. Nice place. Is your house a bubble? It's a dome. I find corners unnecessary. At Liberty Mutual, that's how we feel about overpaying for insurance. But I do miss having shelves. Hmm. What would you put on them? Nothing, obviously. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. Divorce can be complicated, especially if children are involved. If you're a father and want to protect your role in your children's lives, remember Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men with matters like these for 30 years, and we'd love to help you. Contact Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Nashville area attorneys, a partner men can count on, online at CordellCordell.com, 810 Crescent Center Drive, Suite 160, Franklin, Tennessee, 37067. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer so when you're ready to add some character to your rig ask for gator at tire world off-road on memorial boulevard this is sean brown at tire world on broad street online at tireworld.us partial sunshine develops here this afternoon we'll see high in the mid-70s winds out of the southwest of 5 to 10 miles per hour tonight mostly cloudy and alone here 54 i'm meteorologist jennifer Vujitsky on news radio wgns Currently, it's 56. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. 
News time right now, 8.43. You're tuned in to WGNS. We have Director Rita Shacklett from the Rutherford County Library System on the air with us. And also from the Foundation Board, Lance Lee joining us. And again, uh, Lance, before this break, you were telling us about that uh, fundraiser that's coming up on East Main Street in the near future. Once again, highlight that if you would. Yes, thank you, Scott. Uh, we will be having a uh, fundraiser, Lively Evening on Main. Save the date, May 1st, 2021. That's going to be a Saturday evening from 6 to 10. We have all kind of activities going on as far as uh, we have music provided by Chase Clanton and the Vintage Vibes. We have, we're have we going to have two food trucks there, smoking butts, and rolled forever ice cream in regards to your main course and your desserts. And we're also going to have a storytelling by members of the Rutherford County Historical Society. And also we'll be having... Uh, uh, also, uh, beer and uh, beer provided by Cedar Glade Brews, and also Parkway Wine and Spirits is donating our liquor and wine. Thank you. So all of that coming up on May the 1st, and it's on East Main Street. Should be a fun event, and the money that's raised there will go to the library system here locally. And uh, again, one of the goals is to help out uh, Eagleville a little bit more with their library because it's there. Well, man, I don't. How old is that library there? It, looks uh, like it was an old house or something. At some no, point. it was actually built to be the community center. And when they built it, they actually built it to have the library on one side. But it's only about a third of the building, and there's no way to put more shelving or anything. I mean, there, it is what it is. Uh, it's barely over a thousand square feet, oh, and wow. uh, it's it's small. So when she gets new material, she's got to get rid of something because there's just no space. But it's been there so, for years and years. Long time. Yeah. Long time. So here in Murfreesboro, in the city limits, is there a future location that you're already talking about for another library branch? No, but no. Oh, there's well. there's several places that we need. I mean, Blackman obviously is one. We really need one on the other side, um, probably out around Sportscom, out that direction. Um, but there's there's always we're always looking for places, either existing buildings or. But like you said, you know, when you start a when you do a new build or you start a new branch, you have not only your staffing and and equipment and furniture and all that but you have to have opening day collections and then you've got overhead and things like that your utilities and insurance and everything that has to go along with that so that just increases our budget uh, we have over a three million dollar system-wide budget now one area that has seen some growth recently is halls hill pike out past mtsu mm -hmm. the shiloh community as well that whole area is starting to see some new neighborhoods of course right. the city widen the roads out there so is that an area that you may it's focus a possibility on? and and one of the things we're trying to do with the bookmobile is take it into areas to see where there's a need uh, for more than just like bookmobile service you know thinking back i'm trying to remember as a child growing up i remember seeing a bookmobile but i, I don't remember where all it went i remember it came to our school but I don't remember it going out to different areas of the community, but I'm, I'm sure it did. It started probably in the 40s, um, and bookmobiles typically stopped at grocery stores and post office and things like that, and people would make their weekly trips into town and get their materials and things like that. So that's not, uh, not uncommon, but back in the early 2000s, the state decided to disband that 
um, program. And so we were able to purchase the local bookmobile from our region. And then we've since, the found through the foundation, we were able to purchase a new one about uh, 15 years ago, I guess. And uh, so you'll see it, well, you won't see it right now because it's had some repair work being done. But it, it will soon be back out on the road. So you'll see it. It's about 27 feet long and graphics designed by one of our, actually he's, he's back on staff, uh, Mike Cleves uh, and Jessica Bruce uh, were two, she was on staff at the time, uh, designed the, the uh, graphics on it. And uh, so you can't miss it. No, I, I'm trying to imagine this so you're saying years ago the state of tennessee ran the bookmobiles in places like murfreesboro maybe nashville those areas but now it's up to the local library system right. if they want to do that right right they they dropped that they they kind of phased it out they started with getting rid of the bookmobiles themselves and the local regions uh and the different there's nine regions in the state uh, had vans and they would go to nursing homes and things like that and take materials and drop off um, and then several years later they dropped that program as well and did away with their outreach program. Now at one point bookmobiles throughout the state they were typically buses I, I mean they were pretty large. Yeah well they're still pretty large there's only three of us in the state. Oh really? Is, yeah. Does Nashville even do it anymore? No. Okay. No. Memphis, Nashville, Knoxville they don't have bookmobiles. You know, it's interesting that some of these bigger cities don't have them because you would think they, of all people, would have right, them. Right, right. You would think so. And they used to. Uh, I guess the need is not there uh, with the, as many branches as they have. Uh, most of those are metropolitan libraries. They're a single-entity library system. Um, and so, like Nashville, I think, has 18 branches. And Oh, wow. I didn't you know, know that. Oh, yeah. They're huge. They're huge. I, I knew they were big, but I didn't know they had 18 locations I think it's 18 throughout the city. Okay. was the last I heard. That's how many so. Murfreesboro's going to have in a few years, right? Sure. <laughs> Maybe after I retire. <laughs> right. And that's something else the foundation obviously is involved in. What, my it, retirement? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I can't help you with that, Rita. I'm, you're trying. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> as far as the bookmobiles. Wasn't ready yet. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Lance Lee also with us on the foundation board. If anybody wants to get more involved with the Rutherford County Library System, how can they do that? Uh, there's there's several entities, obviously. I think uh, as far as, obviously, we have um, the regular board that Rita serves with, the board of directors, and also we as the foundation are always looking <clears throat> excuse me, for candidates to serve on our board. That's another thing that we have uh, extended our board. We're up to about 15 members now which is excellent and we are still looking for a couple of more so feel free to reach out to rita or myself uh, and we will be happy to consider anyone to serve with us on the board that sounds good and i i guess the first step call the local library system call one of the offices they'll figure out how to put you in, in touch, touch with, with lance us, yeah. yes all my information that'd be a good start there yeah. uh, also within the library system how do you go about picking different authors to come in and speak because there's obviously so many books within the library how, how how do you decide that um for local authors we we don't really have to do much they contact us um when it comes to bringing in, normally our friends of Lineball has um, their um, membership luncheon in January. We didn't; they weren't able to do it this year. But they try to find someone within a uh, probably a hundred mile radius, um, and it's usually because people have read the book uh, or read some of the books. Um, 
and and thought they would be a good fit so you know we're always on the lookout and and whether people can come or not is a and right now that's not been an option when you so. think about some of the bigger names in writing today in today's times do you have to pay those authors to come in and a lot a lot like okay. thousands tens of thousands oh wow typically we used to get the uh, commencement speaker for um, MTSU, and uh, it got to be too expensive, and they just couldn't stay an extra day to come. But you're talking ten, twenty thousand dollars or more. Hey, I guess when they come in, these big name authors, when they come in, they're giving speeches. I mean, they're not just giving a little talk, answer right. questions here. I mean, it's usually for a big crowd right and we were always fortunate when mtsu contacted us early on and rick bragg was the very first one we had and and to be able to have a smaller group of people um and be able to chat with the author and stuff and that was you can't do that at a commencement exercise you know it'd be kind of hard to do yeah now so, graduating uh, oh yeah what's right. your question out there <laughs> That would be tough. Right. But there are some very big names in the book world these days, right. and there are some very good authors out there. Uh, it would be cool to get some of them in sometime. I just, I, I don't, you would have to have the right setup, though. Right. I mean, you're talking about needing an auditorium, a huge auditorium. And we don't have one because our buildings aren't big enough. Is that a good plug? <laughs> we need more facilities and more space. We have found, though, that a lot of the space needed is for meeting rooms and study rooms, and so we're trying to get creative with some of our spaces to create some of that space. But that's been a big – that and computer space and Wi-Fi, that kind of thing has been – I mean, they still check out a lot of books and, and materials, but um, – If the city ever builds a large performing arts venue, which – you know, I could see that being needed at some point, but if they did, is there a way to connect a library to that so that you would have the use of that auditorium as well? Oh, I'm sure. There'd have to be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we do actually get use of the auditorium at Patterson Park, I think, four times a year at no cost. And so, it's a decent size auditorium. It is. It yeah. is. And that's what I'd love to see in at least one of our branch libraries is an, a small auditorium, maybe not quite as big as, as Patterson, but able to hold, you know, 75 people. We don't have any any spaces that will handle a crowd like that. When you look at some of the really big libraries that have huge branch locations in places like New York and Chicago, some of them have these massive auditoriums. Nashville Public has a big auditorium in their main library. It's beautiful. How, it's lovely. How, how big is that? I mean, is, It probably talking, holds 100, 150 people. But it gives the library an opportunity to bring in really, not just big names, but right. people who can draw a big crowd where they're talking about some subject that that does draw in a lot of people. You well, know? and it also, it also causes... has or affords that opportunity for other places. I mean, dance recitals and, and plays and things that, you know, we don't have enough venues. They're having to use school auditoriums and things and, and trying to find places to book for something like that. And it gets people into the library, which is another thing. You know, people don't often realize until they come in to get their driver's license renewed or get tax forms and they'll look around and go, oh, I didn't know you had this in the library. Yeah, you, you know, you bring up a good point because in the past, things could be held at MTSU at the Tucker Theater all the time. Right. But now, MTSU, the fact, first of all, they're growing so fast as well. Right. 
they use their Tucker Theater nonstop, and it's harder for people to actually rent it out, organizations to use it. And because of that, they're sending some of these dance schools, they're sending for their end of the year recital, sending folks to Nashville right. to have recitals there. And that's a shame. That shouldn't have to happen. So we need so to build big, more libraries and build them big enough to have auditoriums <laughs> and at least one or two. Makes sense. <laughs> Again with us this morning, Rita Shacklett and Lance Lee from the Rutherford County Library System. And we're about out of time already, but uh, in closing, what what is something you want to touch base on? I think the biggest thing, uh, and Lance I think would agree, is if you want to buy a ticket for the lively event on Maine, you can go to our website at rclstn.org. There's usually a little news banner going across the front, but you can also go to support groups and click on foundation. Uh, and there is a link there. You can just click on Lively Evening on Main, and it takes you to LivelyEvening at uh, .eventbrite.com, and you can purchase a ticket for $60, and that $60 includes your food and drink for and the again, evening. And that event, May 1st. May 1st. Yes. And that's 6 to 10. Saturday? Is that Saturday, right? May Saturday 1st. evening, 6 to 10. Okay. Sounds good. Well, thank you both for joining us this morning. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. Time right now, 6.57. We do have more news and information coming up, including a check on the traffic. That comes your way right now with Commander Chuck. Good morning. Traffic still flowing down I-24 here out of Coffee County in and through Rutherford County. Just busy out here where you would expect up and down sections of Las Cachas Pike. Busy up and down Memorial as well. Just give yourself extra time out here to be on the safe side. Ripley's Aquarium Family PJ Party with the Penguins coming up on April 9th. All the details. Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon. We'll see high in the mid-70s. Winds out of the southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy and alone near 54. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 56.